Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. Thanks for taking this opportunity to allow this broadcast to come across your radios, phones, wherever you're at. We're just thrilled and honored to be able to come across your ways. With me, as always, over this week anyway, last few days, is my dear friend, Pastor Stephen Huffman, Morningside Baptist Church. We just had a great day with him yesterday. If you missed yesterday, go back and listen to it. He's given his testimony. We're going to move forward in that area here in a few minutes because he did the testimony. Now he's talking about how to help people, how to, very humble humble, very sweet in the way he's saying, you know, I've talked too much. I've been that guy. Uh, I try to go in now and just hug people, love people, listen to them, answer questions as needed. Uh, I've got a couple little secrets that help me when I go visit people. I usually take, uh, uh, ask them what their Starbucks orders are and show up with that. That seems to make people happy. And, uh, but those types of things, but thanks for being with us, Pastor Huffman. Good morning. Good morning, brother Doug. Good to be back with you today. Yeah. Yeah. Just an honor that he's willing to do this week, a podcast with us. And don't worry, Kevin and I will be back next week. We've got some great stuff coming up next week. We're meeting with a young lady who's just signed on with us to do kid PTSD ministry. She's been working with kids all over Canada with different mission agencies wow. and, and stuff. And, and she came to me and said, I love what you guys are doing with PTSD. And boy, we need to talk to kids whose parents have PTSD. Then we need to talk with kids with PTSD and help them right where they're at. Yeah. And so we're moving forward in that area. So I'm pretty excited about that. Today's word is general reservation. Uh, revelation. And the thought behind this is obviously God reveals in a general way in this particular case. And uh, the Bible teaches us for when Gentiles who do not have the law to do instinctively the things of the law, these not having the law are law to themselves in that they show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience bearing witness in their thoughts, ultimately accusing, uh, or else defending him. And then I came down and saw the other side of this in that general revelation. Yet he did not leave himself without witness. Is he did good and gave us rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying our hearts with food and gladness. So God reveals things to us. He, he puts things in our hearts. He puts things in our mind. He, his, his grace rains down on us. So uh, when I think of general revelation, I think of God's incredible workmanship uh, how he helps us to out understand things in his Bible, how the Bible comes with the author, how the word of God is open to me since I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, since the Holy Spirit indwells within me. I probably messed that all up, Pastor. Help us with that as we look at general revelation. You know, you can't open your eyes in the morning when you walk out the front door without seeing there's a God. Yeah. I mean, he has generally revealed himself. This, you... Imagine with me that you were to uh, walk into a Home Depot or a Lowe's and the manager says, now we're going to blow up this whole store. And if you'll wait just a minute, you'll see that out front, after we blow up this store, what's going to fall from the sky is this beautiful subdivision of homes with sinks and countertops and painted walls and lighting. And he'd be like, that's ridiculous. That's not going to happen. Yeah, You know, we're not going to get this this beautiful subdivision out of the big bang at the Home Depot store. And, you know, how can we walk out into out of our front door and not realize there's a creator God 
yeah. behind all of this. Somebody that's orchestrating this. This last summer, my son and I, Austin, we had a chance to go to Alaska. My son's on a mission to hit all 50 states before he turns 25. And so Alaska was like state 37 or 38, something like that. So yeah. he and I had a little father-son trip to Alaska. and We went to Nanali National Park and went on a hike and Thankfully, we were there at a time when you could actually see Denali. It's the highest peak in North America, and you don't always get to see it. Sometimes it's just obscured. Apparently, a lot of times it's obscured from being able to see it. Um, but we were able to see it. So I'm sitting there on the hike, and I took an opportunity to just do some singing there as you're looking out into the horizon. And let me tell you, we have a God that reveals himself just just look at his creation. There is a God. He created. He created the world. He created us. He's worthy of worship and worthy of following him. Yeah, he alone. And, uh, boy, you can't look at creation. And great psalm. You can't look at creation without seeing God and his marvelous works and his handiwork. I go for a walk every morning, as most of you guys know, except for today where I decided to fall down the stairs. But uh, <clears throat> every morning, though, I walk the same roads, <clears throat> excuse me, though I walk the same roads and go through the same things, uh, God reveals himself through me through the beauty of the sunrise. And I'm usually out before the sun comes up and he reveals himself to me. I see the trees changing a little bit every day. Those of you who follow me on Facebook see that I, I put plants and, and trees and stuff every day in my storyline. I click on something so you can enjoy the walk along with me. I have people who thank me for that. Uh, so you can enjoy the walk. So we were yesterday, Pastor Huffman, we started talking about your testimony. You gave your testimony of, uh, you know, going off to college, training for the ministry, uh, meeting Rania, coming back, getting a graduate degree, getting a job, getting ordained, getting a wife, all kinds of great things happen to you. Having children, uh, you told us a story that you had a twins. You had a, a girl named Aubrey and a girl named Autumn, and, and Aubrey wasn't long for this world. That's uh, right, 31 hours. Yeah, so uh, God gave you a daughter that he would call home Yes. Uh, shortly, uh, but she awaits you in heaven. She does. Uh, th this perfect daughter that you'll get to spend eternity with, and it's going to be so special and so real, and I'm looking forward to meeting her. And uh, and then we started talking about, I, I asked you the question, and we kind of got, uh, got a great answer with it and went in the right direction, uh, but I started asking the question, what's the right thing to do? And you talked about the three things you bring. You bring the book, you bring the cookbook, you bring the checkbook. checkbook. And you help people through these times, and that's really important. And But as we continue on, and you're helping people, and you mentioned you helped someone this weekend, um, I wanted to ask you questions about helping different categories of people. Okay. Brother, you go to someone's house, and, and, and someone, they're terrible, stage four. Whatever the case may be, they're not long for this world. How do you counsel someone like that? How do you get through that? I was just visiting someone recently that, uh, humanly speaking, they may not have many more months uh, to live. And one of the things that they shared with me, they're fearful about the just the cost, uh, I think, um, of the funeral. Their daughter was there with them when we were talking, and um, their daughter was trying to console them. Basically, things are taken care of. Yeah. And, but they're they're fearful. But I wanted to take an opportunity to make sure that the most important thing was taken care of, and that was their relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, you know, whatever they may be facing, make sure that they're prepared for eternity. And this this lady knows the Lord as her personal Savior, thankfully. Um, 
but uh, that's the big deal. You know, yeah, that's that, number one. That's the number one thing. I mean, yeah. are, are they prepared to meet Jesus Christ? And they, they may be nearing the end of their life, and they may be kind of struggling with that, or maybe need to just kind of have some assurance yeah. of, of that. So don't don't maybe focus so much on the on some of the practical things of end of life that you forget the very big thing, and that's eternal life. And are they prepared for that? Yeah, and one thing I've found and immediately came to my mind that when I deal with people who are in that last stages of life, and, and we deal with a couple handfuls of them all the time, um, pastors will call and say, hey, will you work online or over the phone with these people? And and we do exactly that. And, and the, you know, we share the salvation experience and what God does for them and how he's waiting for them. We So we always go through salvation, make sure they're saved. We uh, we listen a lot. We always, I use a lot of Randy Elkhorn's book about heaven. Yeah. You know, talking about heaven, and but the the irony is always everybody says they're worried about the expenses. They don't want to be a burden on their kids. Yeah, and let, let me just uh, speak to that. Um, yeah, uh, about a year ago, uh, this time of the year, my mom went to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she and my dad were were traveling. They. Dad had been speaking. It was a Sunday morning. He was supposed to speak, and he thought Mom just had a chiropractic issue Yeah. on a, on a Sunday. I talked with my dad on Monday. We were making plans for them to come to South Carolina to visit me. Yeah. Um, and they they go back to Georgia where they are living with my youngest brother and family on a Tuesday. And uh, unbeknownst to me, Mom wasn't doing well. I wasn't physically seeing her or talking with right. her. Um, but my brother noticed something's not right here. So uh, that Wednesday and about a year ago this time, she went into the hospital and never walked again on really of her own accord. Wow. Um, uh, just she, uh, and it was a tough time, uh, for me. I know I'm kind of going off track. No, no, uh, I'm glad you're doing it. Yeah. But, uh, one of the challenges that I faced was, you know, this is COVID time and, you know, I couldn't even go to the hospital and visit my mother. They would not let me in. I was frustrated. Oh boy, I, I couldn't. They would not let me into the hospital to visit my mother. I wasn't approved as a visitor. We we had maxed out our our visitor list. Um, my dad and my brother, who lived there in town, and so finally, they gave us clearance. That um, and we really weren't sure what was going on with mom. And uh, finally, they determined um, she's got. Uh, staph infection it's in multiple places in her body and they said you can come and have a one-hour visit with your mom and uh, my brother from Texas was able to come they were giving him a one-hour visit and I walked into that that room that day and I had a had an hour mm. that I could spend with my mom and, whole lifetime is loaded in an hour and it was a it was an emotional visit Doug yeah and you know what my dad was sitting there in the room there with my mom in the bed and what do you say what do you say to your mom my mom's a godly mom she knew the lord and yeah it, it wasn't a matter of i needed to witness to her or make sure she was saved this was this was an opportunity to to talk to a lady who loved you and who who was there when i got saved she and my dad led me to the lord yeah and um and i uh she she wasn't quite in her right mind you know thinking clearly about everything and um, I, I wanted her to say my name uh, and maybe that sounds vain, but I wanted my mom to say Stephen and that's my name. And I, yeah. 
And it was an emotional visit. It was an opportunity for me to express love to my mom. And uh, thankfully, she was able to get out of the hospital. We were able to bring her home on hospice care. She had about nine weeks. Wow. Um, she, she passed away. Uh, so I, over that, about a year ago this time, we, we started making more regular visits to try to see her. And my wife and I canceled a trip that we were going to take. And instead of taking that trip, we needed to go down to Georgia and see my mom. And, yeah, yeah. And um, so God gave us uh, about, about two and a half months to just kind of visit with her, say some goodbyes, see her, spend some time with her. And then God called her home the day after Christmas last year. Yeah. Hey, folks, listen, we'll be right back. I hate to cut it off, but we got to go ahead and, and let the stations do what they do. We'll be right back with Pastor Huffman. What a great song to be playing as we're sitting here talking with Pastor Huffman about his mom and uh, her last days and how hard that must be. I remember I kind of went something similar where uh, mom had dementia a little bit. We found out later it was just from many strokes. She could understand us, but she couldn't communicate back. And a staph infection took her life as well. And and uh, so, Pastor, you, you get down to the hospital, then you do the hospice situation, you line up a trip. So where yeah, are we you, at there? You, you, you talked about uh, what kind of led into this was the finances of it. Yeah. And one of the things that my dad and I did during this time, my mom was still alive was we went down to the city where they were going to be um, buried and chose a funeral home and went ahead and pre-planned the funeral arrangements. Yeah. And I would encourage you if you are in, in kind of an end of life situation um, if not even before that, to go ahead and do some pre-planning. You can save some money if you will plan wisely and plan ahead of time and possibly prepay for for something. And we went ahead and planned my dad's uh, funeral. And I mean, we've already picked out the flowers for my dad's funeral. He hadn't even passed away. It may be 10 more years from now. Yeah. But I mean, that not only does it help financially that my dad has already got that covered, so when he, he passes, there would be very little extra expense um, that we would have to, you know, add on to what he's already prepaid uh, for for the funeral home. So do some pre-planning. I, I would encourage you to um, consider uh, inexpensive options. Don't feel like that you have to honor dad and mom with the $10,000 casket or yeah. know, whatever, you know. You can pick something that's nice looking, that's honoring at a cheaper price point. Uh, don't feel like you have to have all the cars, you know, that the, you know, you can drive yourself to the, to the cemetery. You don't necessarily need a limousine to drive the family there. I mean, so if you're concerned about cost, there are ways to be more inexpensive in doing a funeral. Some funeral homes are more pricey than others. So, you know, if talk to your pastor, your pastor may be able to give you some advice like, Hey, I'd recommend you go with this funeral home. If this is the type of package you need, some kind of service. The, the church may even have some type of a kind of a deal, so to speak, with a funeral home where that funeral home will will serve that church family at a certain price point. Uh, so don't neglect bringing your pastor into the conversation to help you do some of this end-of-life planning. Um, I mean, I know he's not your financial planner, but he's probably walked this journey a few times yeah, with yeah. families, and he can, he can advise you and give you some counsel. And then don't forget, there's also the, the service planning side of it as well, where 
you know, who's going to sing? Who's going to read scripture? What about pallbearers? You know, who's going to preach? You know, who's going to do the graveside service? And, you know, so over the years, I've had the opportunity to work with families to work through some of that kind of stuff. So yeah. the more planning you can do now, the better. <clears throat> I, I was just thinking recently, I need to write my dad's obituary. I mean, that, I know that sounds grim and, you know, and he's not even with the Lord, but while he's living, I can ask him questions. I can get details. I can get facts to, to write his obituary. So, you know, it's a wise, a wise person prepares for the future. Yeah. And doesn't just act like, well, the future will never happen. You know, put your head in the sand. You know, death, unless the Lord comes back, death is on the, around the horizon for all of us. So let's prepare for it. Yeah. Uh, let's be, let's be smart about it. And, uh, you know, don't, don't spend an arm and a leg, honor the family member, but don't, you know, spend all your money uh, doing it and have a very nice service. I personally, I'm a believer in involving the family in the service. You know, get the grandkids involved. I mean, and every family is different dynamic, but as much as possible. Oh, that's you know, a memory. That's something they carry. It's an honor and memory. Yeah. Memory. You know, they honored the grandparents. Yeah. Uh, they'll remember, you know, we were a part of that. And, and also, I think it sets the tone for when they bury us, you know, and uh, we're the next generation, Lord willing to go. We would go before our children, but it... It's a it's a visual thing. God uses those things for yeah. uh, for His glory, you yeah. know. And our kids get to look and say, "Man, they really, uh, you know, Dad and Mom really honored their parents." Yeah, and that, uh, you you obey your parents for a certain season of life, but you honor your parents all your life. Yeah, even in death, you honor your parents. Even the way, even after their death, and how you talk about them and how you remember them is an opportunity to show them honor. And, yeah. Uh, let, let me just say something about, uh, you know, our, our conversation is kind of steered into end-of-life yeah. issues here. Yeah. Let me just encourage you that funerals can be excellent gospel opportunities. Don't neglect the opportunity that God presents to use a funeral to share peop- with people how they can be prepared for in their end of life. Yeah. You know, they're th- they come to a funeral service. They're thinking about death. That's why they're there. Somebody's died, their friend, their family member. So... Take that opportunity to be a gospel witness and have the pastor preach some gospel in the message, you know, and help them think about, have some gospel literature out on the credenza outside in the lobby. You know, hey, if anybody's interested, you can pick up some literature as you leave, you know, have the pastor be available to speak with someone afterwards. So don't neglect the gospel opportunity that comes with uh, end of life. Yeah, I think that's really good and 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 honors in my life among them are preaching people's funerals. I was able to lead my aunt to the Lord, my sister to the Lord, a cousin to the Lord at my mother's funeral. Yeah. And, uh, Amen. and you know, probably the hardest thing I ever did was preach my mom's funeral. I, I, I just, I, I don't recommend that to preachers <laughs> everywhere. That was a really hard thing to do. I'm glad God used it. I did not preach my, uh, father's funeral or my stepfather's funeral. I, I looking back, I probably still would preach mom's funeral cause she asked me to, but it was a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. For my mom's funeral, all three of us boys are in the ministry, and my dad uh, retired from the ministry. So really, we four guys were the were the preachers uh, for it, but that's that's our family. It yeah. It doesn't work for every family. And, yeah, everybody's different. Everybody's different, but that's how we wanted to do it, to honor mom. Yeah, and that's a great thing. So we, we come to a place with a few minutes left, and, and so you're helping people through these processes again, and you're... <clears throat> you're constantly, but what would you say is a good timing? 
how often should you stop in and visit somebody going through this that's not a family member, somebody from a ministry perspective? Do you call? Do you stop in? I mean, how do you minister to someone like this over the last periods of their life? Yeah, it's probably a good idea. Of, um, one, you got to read the situation. Uh, you know, what what does that family want? And kind of a little funny story, one of our other pastors uh, was trying to reach out to someone that's got um, that's ill in our church. And, uh, you know, very likely towards the end of their life. You know, I don't know how much longer, you know, maybe weeks or months. Uh, but they were trying to get a hold of them, and and they weren't answering the phone. Well, finally they answered the phone. They're like, "We got family," you know, <laughs> and uh, it was it wasn't the right timing. Yeah. You know? uh, but they 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 appreciated. I think the pastor calling uh, one of our staff members. So you've got to gauge the situation. Maybe maybe they're just not up for a visit right then, or they got family in town, and you know they got a lot going on. But maybe yeah. maybe once a week. You know, you might check in, like, how's it going? Can I stop by for a visit? Can we just have a word of prayer over the phone? It might even be, um, you know, a daily text. Yeah. You know, hey, praying for you today, thinking <clears throat> thinking about you. You're on my mind. Hope, hope you all are doing well today. You Let know. me know if I can do anything. Yeah. So it's a, <clears throat> you know, it probably just depends on the family, your own schedule, how many, you know, your bandwidth, of, you know, how, how many, how much ministry you're trying to accomplish. Uh, if you're yeah. in a large enough ministry, there are multiple opportunities to serve. You can't just focus in on just one family. A Bible verse uh, talking about helping others and thinking along with me here that we can close with a Bible verse of loving and caring. I'm just thinking <clears throat> out loud, something that comes to your mind of helping others. And uh, You know, the Bible talks about comforting others with the comfort wherewith you've been comforted. That's where I was going with 2 Corinthians 1. And, yeah, you know... Just being able to maybe reflect in your own life how God has grown you, how God has comforted you, how God has helped you. And please don't walk into a situation and say, I know exactly how you feel. You don't know exactly how they feel. That's right. You, you don't. Everything's different. Everything's different. But you can, you can try in a humble way to relate, you know, that, you know, I've had a similar circumstance or, um, and just say, and this is, this is what God did for me. This is how God grew me. This is how God helped me. And um, telling a story, sharing a testimony, um, you know, sharing a hug, um, and just letting him know, God God got me through. He can get you through too. Yeah, and, and, and the Lord certainly can do that. Listen, folks, we appreciated this opportunity to come across your broadcast and to be part of your day, and so thankful we were able to cover this. I know this subject, it's kind of hard. It's kind of heady, too, thinking about things that happen at the end of the life, but I'm glad we talked about that today and, and uh, certainly glad that you took the time to listen in. Please, if we can do anything to help you, find us at Helpful Wounded Spirits uh, Facebook page or Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. Please listen to every word and verse that Brother Eric's going to tell you here as we close out. And make sure you pay attention to them. It's so important. And hey, when you go out there today, wear that smile that only God can give you. Thank you. God bless. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, 
But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.